0: welcome everyone to episode four of the human experience and in this episode we are talking to one of my good friends liam roos and his journey towards working on the super yachts what's up liam bro how you doing
1: what's up my brother what's up long time no speak
0: i know bro it's been so long but like you said hey it feels like it was like yesterday you know like we were talking earlier it honestly feels like it was just yesterday that we were on that sailing course
1: yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. That was uh we're in twenty twenty-one now, that was twenty thirteen, I'd say. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit.
0: You remember the you remember the black guy we were on the course with? What was his name? Who Lucky? Oh, Lucky.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, Lucky was a legend, eh?
0: Remember we got him so drunk when he went down to Cape Town to sail that boat.
1: Yeah, I know. That was funny, eh? We, Yeah, that was a good journey, man. That was an interesting journey.
0: Whoa, whoa. Well, Liam, I reckon for folks out there listening, kick us off with that story, bro. Kick us off. From the beginning, from the bus ride, guys.
1: Righto. Well, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we had the bus ride. We, Well, first of all, we had organized to sail this catback, a catamaran. Uh, probably like a 42-footer that was uh, bought yeah. by one of the guys on our course. Yeah. Um, uh, it, Mr. Delamere, the old guy, the old rich dude. Yeah, he had so much. Um, wow. Yeah, he was a he was a baller. He was a proper baller. But um, and uh, and yeah, we did a mileage trip for our coastal skipper tickets. Did our 22-hour bus trip, stopped all over got to cape town and and got super drunk before sailing the next day which made us all seasick or at least the guys who drank <laughs> oh, fuck! that was hilarious bro you forget um, the part where uh, this is
0: when i was in full-blown addiction though, and i had got my friends to drop off like three grams of cocaine at the at the bus station and <laughs> malcolm and malcolm and i were in the back of the bus on the fold-down tables doing lans all the way down to Cape Town. I didn't sleep for 18 hours. (laughs) We got there, then had to wash the boats. I was still railed as fuck washing the boats. And then we got onto the beers, and then that night was just crazy. Fuck.
1: I know, yeah, that was a freaking ride. Well, we had the four back seats in the bus, and it was as you and Malcolm and then next to you guys was me and Lucky and, and I, had made, I had made those brownies I made a tub full of brownies <laughs> oh yeah,
0: you did you had the brownies <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we're all on it oh man I gave and Lucky Lucky said to me he was like um, I'm hungry I said Lucky man listen uh you know these are not normal brownies bro these are not normal your, your ordinary granny's brown muffins these are <laughs> these are these guys there's all in them and and he's like yeah it's fine and eventually I gave him half of one and I'd eaten like two and a half or three of them and I was goofed and uh and this <laughs> guy was just sitting in his chair with his arms on each of the armrests just like in a full like robot position just being like man i feel so funny was, <laughs> it was so hilarious just this dude who'd never eaten brownies before but absolutely toasted It's this crazy And that
0: not even that our lecturer ron and the owner of the boat i forget his name i can't pete what was his name patrick patrick was his name so patrick and ron were waiting for us at the bus station little did they know that when we arrived all four of us were so jacked when we got off the bus
1: Oh and <laughs> yeah. I, yeah and i actually even rolled it i think i rolled a joint like for halfway through and i remember stopping somewhere and the guy was like yeah you can get off the bus so i got off quickly around and smoked the joint and by the time i was still smoking he's like hey come back and i was like oh shit i walked onto the bus and just, everyone was just looking at me just being like this we can sell this guy straight up he just went to smoke <laughs> the joint for sure <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> that was mental, bro. And then we still still got back to the harbour. And then Patrick's like, right, need to sort the boat out because we're leaving in the morning. First thing, you and I, we're just like, right, where's the piers? We need piers first, bro. Yeah, we need a beer. <laughs> we need beers. We jumped on the milk stouts. There was the milk stouts on the boat. And then I remember Lucky left. Then you, me, and Malcolm went to that one pub on the... The, on the waterfront
1: yeah we yeah.
0: Started, ha- started having the drafts bro and by the time we had got to dinner with patrick and ron
1: i was legless bro. legless oh yeah so was I. That. Oh, that was one of the, that was a night i remember we still walked back in the rain after the end of the night we we still legged it all the way in the rain at the end of the night
0: yeah yeah we did we stopped at the the engine as well. We got some food. I
1: think I can't remember. Yeah, we got those famous subs that that at that garage, like on the waterfront road there. I, I don't know what the place is called. It's one of the garages there, and it was like, and it's apparently the subs there were famous. Toasted all, all three of us just toasted, eating these massive subs, messing all around, laughing. Yeah, good times though.
0: Oh, bro, do you remember that? Do you remember? malcolm he he found, i think it was he found that hooker he brought that hooker to that bar we were at and we were doing the we were doing the karaoke and he came yes and he, said, he, said he had all these coins and he paid this hooker and all these coins oh you know.
1: Oh, no. and then you guys said to me that she actually wanted to take me home and i had no idea the whole time that she was actually trying to take me home <that."> <laughs>
0: oh, that's crack up. Oh, oh that's funny that was an amazing trip though bro i lost i remember i lost two fishing rods within the first hour lost the whole rod
1: oh no your dad's expensive rods
0: <laughs> gone lost that burnt a real um fuck that was horrendous that day one when we were sailing because i was just puking my face from all the drinking
1: oh yeah same it was so I mean, bad uh, All of us just being so so seasick. It was terrible. It was fucking terrible.
0: Otherwise it was good. It was real good though, bro.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know it ended well at least.
0: (laughs) It was a trip to remember. So then what happened after that? So I can't really remember what happened after that on my side. I mean I remember like we, we finished the course and this and that and then we split ways a bit and then yeah, tell us how you managed to weasel your way into the industry, and and you know the struggles you had to go through, and working through. I don't know what's called. It's called uh, deck work or day work, or you know how you got to work, where you yeah. are now.
1: Okay, well yeah, I mean, so I I had originally planned. I, I, it's funny because I actually my plan actually worked, and the whole thing that I had set out for myself actually ended up working, like in a in a roundabout way. I mean like. I, my plan initially was to do the sailing courses because I wanted to have that kind of different background of sailing, not just just do courses and go straight up to, the, to over to Europe and start working. I, I thought maybe that if I did sailing and I had a bit of this sailing knowledge that it would give me an advantage, which it didn't really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I got over and it, I'd say it did in some ways and it didn't in some ways. I got over to, to Europe, um, I got to, to France, so I bought myself a ticket um, and uh, and yeah, well actually that I went to France and my dad had already passed away. So the only way I could get to France was to, luckily I had his inheritance money, which helped me also finish a lot of the courses that I was doing. Um, and he's the one who paid for my initial courses to start me off on the sailing courses. He's the one who sorted me out. And we had this plan originally, and that's how it went. And um, and yeah, and then I, I used that money to get over. that Went over there, went to a crew house, you know, did the whole dock walking thing. And, and that's crazy too, the, you know, the whole vibe of dock walking where you guys like me, you know, young deckhands, young stewardesses, you walk literally... You walk the docks with hundreds of CVs printed in your backpack walking in the heat with blisters on your feet and just yeah. you know handing out CVs to boats and people looking down at you from the boats like here's this here's this prick There's another 100th like, person giving us a CV yeah like and uh and yeah I, I ended up getting some work through someone I knew um a guy that was in the crew house with me he had a captain friend from a farm I home. Europe and he put us in contact with this guy and we went to his house and we stayed over with at his house and I think it was it's called Grasse which is like an area in France in the mountains yeah. where the original Tour de France started actually oh, yeah. um, and uh, we did some work on his house and then through doing some work on his house he then organized us some day work and he's like okay well for you know for doing this work We'll give you some day work and started work doing some day work. And then I didn't get a permanent job that season. Uh, I ended up doing another sailing delivery on a small sailing boat, which is another crazy story. Um, <laughs> and and uh, after the delivery, I ended up going back home for a few months and resetting and kind of... Um, I had actually gotten over that first season with like last bits of my dad's last salary that his company gave to myself and my sister. So by the time I got back home after my first season, I was broken again. I was completely broken. I was like fuck what am I gonna do now? And we were just waiting. So we waited about two years for my dad's inheritance to actually come through and that's how I got over again in 2018. So my first season was 2017 um, and then it went over in 2018. And then did did a lot of day work again i also partied a lot and i wasted a lot of money um which is which is stupid but it's all part of the experience i guess you know and and yeah looking back um and yeah i mean i i I got a a small two-month gig towards the end i just thought i just thought people around me just kept getting work and i was like i've got these sailing courses i had my yacht master then by then already as well Mm -hmm. i had my yacht master which is like a level after a coastal skipper and i mean that's it's a pretty substantial course that a lot of the guys that got jobs before me then have only completed now recently which Mm. is it's so weird how it works you know and uh anyway i got a two month gig on a crazy little charter boat charter slash private boat that was owned by some arabs who you know absolutely destroyed us just and uh and then from there on out i I finished the season. I went back home again. Um, and then from there, I got a job in Qatar on another boat. Also worked there for a couple months. Extremely lonely lifestyle though. I was on a 30 meter boat that, uh, there's the captain of, was like part of the Royal family, but he only used the boat every now and then. It would only use it on weekends. So during the week I would just jump and work and gym and work which was really nice because I got really fit and I was like I was pretty good like but it was it was very solo like super solo missions I was you know just come gymming like two and a half hours six days a week yeah and uh and yeah and then eventually I got back home again and I just thought this yachting thing's crazy man like I haven't got I haven't got the dream gig like a lot of people talk about which made me realize that like I, I was forcing, well, maybe I forced the energy too much for me to try and get a job and mm-hmm. but it ended up working out. I, you know, it took me on a crazy journey all over the place. And then I ended up getting a job from home on another super crazy boat where once I got to it, I worked for five months straight with two days off in between, and that was it. I had two days off in five months. Oh, and I worked wow. like 17 hours a day for those five months yeah yeah super crazy bro and then got into and then after that uh we through that boat i got my u.s visa which is a big one because you know europe's yachting in europe is one thing it's all good but the season comes to an end and things and down whereas if you're in america and you work on a boat you can work through summer and winter and have you know full seasons either way um, and you can get on boats that do both seasons which is you know the ideal thing um, and uh, and yeah and then that boat took me brought me over here to America and it was my first time in America and in, in what in the end of, end of 2018 oh yeah early 2019 pretty much um and then I got into the boat that I, that I've just left about a month and a half ago and I stayed on that boat for about just under two years so that was like the big jump for me in my career as as a deckhand and working on yachts as a 54 meter and we charted super busy crazy lifestyle no rest and yeah and now i've ended up here on, a, on an amazing boat called Modiot sea owl and uh it's a beautiful boat at the moment we're not moving much but it's ideal for me because i've been moving so much in the last few years yeah but now i'm just enjoying just this downtime getting to gym, getting to do boxing training. Like I've always wanted to just getting to do things that I've wanted to do for a long time. Wow. Wow.
0: There's so much happened in a so little <laughs> no. amount of time, bro. That's so much to digest. I know. You know and that's, that's only you like just skimming the surface of what, is, what has really happened in your life, you know. And uh, Exactly. It's, it's crazy how... Like, if I had to ask you now, would you replace all of that that's happened for where
1: you are now? Definitely not. No, I would leave it as is, I guess. Yeah. I suppose, I
0: suppose that's the amazing thing about life, right? It's when we're in it, we can't see it. And it's always like, fuck, this is intense. But when we're through it and able to look back, that's when we can see it. And it's always we're going to get through what we're going through because we've got through what we've went through, you know? So exactly, it's, it's that, it's that thing. And then when you're able to get through it and sit back and be like, holy fuck, I did that. No one else, bro. No one else walked the docks for you. No one else put medication on your feet for the blisters. Like no one else, bro. Like you went and did that by yourself. And that sense of achievement as a person is what elevates us in life, in my opinion. It what's it's what pushes us to be like, fuck, if I can get through that, there's not much else that I can get through. You no, know, but I can't get through. You know, in terms of also having your father pass away, I mean I'm real sorry you had to experience that, bro. I didn't know that. And this is the first time hearing about that. So, you know, my oh, heart sure, yeah. yeah, my heart goes out to you there, bro. So even nice, bro. you know, even you carrying that and carrying all of this weight of success and in a way it kind of it might have fueled you to be like look what i'm gonna do dad like i'm gonna do this for you you know so bro that's um inspirational shit that right there what would you say uh what would you say is one of your craziest things you've experienced working on the yachts because you must deal with a lot of rich people that do some mad shit in terms of money and just
1: crazy shit. (laughs) What, what would you say is
0: the craziest thing you've experienced
1: Ooh, that's a tough one that is a tough one you know you're right in saying i mean the the people are crazy apart from apart from the parties with crew actually without owners the craziest thing i experienced was on the boat that, that first two-month gig that i did where it was an arab owner and he was actually a really chilled guy he just they were very demanding but at the same time real nice funny enough actually some of the nicest guys I have actually met as owners, but I I was still new to yachting and, and they, they came to us and they said to the captain, Hey, so they, they watched the show called below deck, which is, which is yachting as an American TV series. But it's exactly that. There's a lot of saffers on that, on that show below deck. And it's become, it's become famous. And a lot of people ask us about it. Anyway, this guy yeah. asked us about it and he was like, I've watched below deck. And I was like, and we talked to him about it and we'd be like, yeah, it's, it's like that, but it's also not like that. That's a reality TV show. Yeah. Anyway, and, and he was like, well, one thing he saw was that some some owners like to like play games with the crew. And, like, and he was like, what I want to do with you guys is we get the jet skis in the water, we get the sea bobs in the water, and the sea bob is like a little handheld thing with a little turbine, like a, basically a really small jet ski engine. That just propels you underwater it cuts off at a certain depth but and anyway so and what he proposes that between him and his friend they would each choose a couple crew and, <laughs> and we would win money at the end of the day if if we won the round so we'd we'd each person would set out and race a jet ski around a boy and come back to the boat and then someone as soon as they tagged you you'd run someone would run one of your team members would run to the bow of the boat from the stern and back with the, like an egg on a spoon oh yeah and then uh and then sea bar around and we would would win money and the craziest thing for me i was like holy shit! i'm just gonna get some free money here like <laughs> I, and i was i'm a i was fit then too i was like i was ready to go i could swim i could i was definitely the fastest swimmer on the boat I, i'm not like you know i wasn't a fast crazy fast swimmer by any means but I was fast enough I did lifeguarding as well and I was like I was like man I'm gonna get this cash and uh and we won the first round and he's like here you go here's like 600 each and I was like no you're kidding 600 euros just like that I was like fuck that's intense and he's like let's do another round and his friend won and his friend won and he felt bad he's like guys I'm so sorry because he's a real competitive guy and I had the owner and, the, and his friend had the other crew and he was like fuck guys I'm so sorry so he's like well whatever they win I'll give you each half so I got another 300 bucks and I was like <laughs> man this is intense like this is one of those stories I'm gonna remember and at the end of the day I just remember the captain being real pissed off cause he was this French navy guy ex French naval officer who became a captain who I mean he was a dickhead I hated him to be honest if yeah. you know that I don't care about saying it like he he was an honest such a prick and and he originally said to the owner he was like no games we're not gonna do this i don't want my crew to do it. they must work blah 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 and he was like "Well, oh, listen that i'm the owner i'm gonna say what's happening and i was just so stoked at the end of the day i i was like man this guy's such an asshole i just want money screw him <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. so he just clocked the grand for nothing Easy, easy game, just like that. Here's a grand. I was like, man, this is what yachting this is one of those stories in yachting that you go, okay, these guys just have money and they just play with it.
0: Cash, money, cash, cash is king, man. But those guys you know, those guys they all those sheikhs and the Arabs, they're all involved in the the oil trade, bro. So they just have like six hundred bucks to him is it's nothing. It's it's really exactly. Really yeah, exactly. Insane. It just shows you the power of money, yeah? Like, what 600 is compared to what 600 is for someone else. It's the same as perception, again. You know, um, it's heavy for someone. It's not heavy for someone else. Like, he's like, it's only 600. But we like, bruh, it's 600. Like, what the hell? That's insane. Yeah, exactly. That's an insane story, bro. Jeez, a <laughs> you, um, have you, Have you ever encountered like something really weird have you ever seen like an owner i don't know cheating on his wife bringing a mistress and then he brings his wife the next couple of days and you're like oh what the
1: fuck has just happened here um i mean yeah you know i in and i haven't witnessed anyone really like cheating in that sense but i mean the one one of the boats i worked on had two different owners two guys from new york two older guys one guy just was like He had like a girlfriend who was kind of like a prostitute but was his girlfriend and whenever she would like come onto the boat for a week the the girls would have to unpack all all her bags and all her shirts and re-iron it and re all that shit and then when she would leave he would just get another prostitute to replace her without telling her obviously and then the girls would have to hide her shit uh, so that the girl that coming on didn't see it and then create problems and And it was like this back and forth. And we would be like at anchor at some random spot in France. Like some random ass place. Because you get the main spots. And then you get like the spots that are a little bit out there. And then one day the captain's like, yeah, we're going to go fetch this chick here. I was like, how is she going to get here? And somehow they organized that this chick came to this random little marina where these French like divers... These like French chicks in bikinis and guys just super tanned motherfuckers just sitting on there enjoying <laughs> li- Honestly living their best lives like I was jealous of those people when I saw them I was like man you guys live the fucking life I'm here driving a tender I'm so tired <laughs> Anyway come to the dock and pick up this chick and bring it to the boat like okay shit this is how it goes Wow like again it's the life of the
0: rich and famous bro yeah, man. Yeah, hundred percent. The rich in the frame, and there we are scratching, scratching for scraps that they're willing to throw at us. You know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I know. It's a, it's crazy, though. <laughs>
0: eh? It's honestly crazy. What's it like trying to cultivate a love life and finding a partner with this type of work? How's that been?
1: I. That's. Uh, that's a very tough thing in this industry. I mean, we. Oh, shit. Hello? Yeah, we're here, we here, yeah, bro. Nah, sorry, my earphone's disconnected. Yeah, so, um, the, yeah, cultivating a love life in yachting is, is, is another story on its own. I would say it's probably one of the hardest things to, to deal with, mm. because, or not to deal with in that sense, but, it's just one of the hardest things to to make and the hardest things to keep. Because number one, as a person, a lot of the people who get into yachting don't actually realize that once you get into this kind of lifestyle, it encompasses you. It The lifestyle becomes you, you become the lifestyle. Yeah. And you move around where the boat moves if you want to keep your job, which a lot of people then realize You know, in some ways you can be stuck. It it depends how who you are, how you see things. But you, you know, in some ways you become stuck. I was, I was lucky that the person. I mean, keeping a relationship is definitely hard in yachting. It is, it is hard. And I respect the people who are still doing it. The ones who don't work together, and there's a lot of people who do work together that you can just tell it's not good for them. It's toxic. You know, they, cause you, cause on a boat you're surrounded by people 24/7. On on a boat like mine at the moment, where we're less busy and we get to step off the boat at night when you're not on watch and stuff. You know, it's a bit different because then you do get that time to kind of cool off and and be on your own and do your own things, which is what I'm enjoying. Mm. But when you're on one of those busy boats, which are most of the boats, you know, it it tends to. Man, I mean, for people who do have a relationship on the same boat, it can be very tough. Obviously, too, being that tough, that person can also carry you through. So, it's like, it's 50-50. I would say it's still harder. It's still worse for me, I think, for the people who can't do it. Because just just some people just can't do it. There's, there's just so much going on around you all the time there's so many different influences emotionally physically mentally that keeping a relationship and being able to work at a relationship is very hard it's it's a yeah. very difficult thing i was lucky and i i met um madison uh, an american girl whose first boat uh, on the last boat that i just left she joined um about a year ago now she joined that boat and and being her first boat it was very tough on her because and you know i'd been in yachting then for like i'd experienced a lot of stuff about yachting you know i'd only been on that boat for about a year at that point still known a lot of the stuff and i'd i just knew that at some point it's the pressure's gonna get to her but being her first boat and like i just tried my best to just comfort her just as a as just human being to human being because i generally don't like seeing anyone that i work with or anyone in general go through sort of like pain or just you know sadness and and just a bit of like work struggles especially just the, the lifestyle and just being tired all the time so you know and that's the way we grew close and we're still together now it, it has been tough though i'm not gonna lie but it's um she's left yachting now though she's 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 over it she's done I'm pretty sure um, mm-hmm. and yeah and I've since I've she, she moved back to US and I we'd both left the last boat we didn't really know what was happening so I getting onto this boat was actually it's been amazing like going back to your previous podcast about gratitude you know at the moment I'm extremely grateful because I'm I'm in West Palm Beach Florida which is a a beautiful part of Florida. It's it's still Florida, so it's an interesting place. Um, but she's just moved down here. She's just got a job at, at a um, at a hotel, and uh, she's a massage therapist. So oh. we get to see each other now, and, and yeah, I'm lucky because right now I I feel I'm so lucky, and I'm kind of I'm counting my blessings every day. And that's one thing I've learned to do is because I'm really lucky. I'm getting to keep my relationship. I'm getting to see her more often than a lot of people in yachting do um, because of this job, you know. So I'm lucky right now.
0: Yeah, man, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like to try and cultivate um, what I like to call a sacred union with someone, um, especially when, like you say, when there's all that Ampside influence of other women yep. and drugs and partying and there's no time to really sit and cultivate and communicate with each other because it's all of this like like you said like external type shit influencing on the relationship and it's just fucking here and there and it's crazy man but at the end of the day bro, right, you cannot deny the love that is meant to find you yeah and when it finds you it finds you and it finds a way to work and again that's when you're able to move back into the presence of gratitude and be like what was all of that about like what the fuck? Yeah. what the fuck was that all about why was i even stressing the whole time because my life is planned out the way it's always meant to be so what the fuck was that all about you know so yeah. i tend to ask myself that all the time i'm like what the fuck were you doing like what the fuck? but then i'm learning now about myself is Just to allow myself to feel what I need to feel like and not shame myself because I find that a lot of people tend to shame themselves for where they are, what they're going through and then they turn into this judge of, oh, you should be, you should be rather than just being like, fuck, I am, I am, I am.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I
0: feel you. Yeah. It's the shame. We take the shame out of the situation. The only thing that's left is pure acceptance, bliss, joy, and gratitude. And mm-hmm. shout out to shout out to Maddie, she's able to control Mr. Russ over there. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the best to you too, bro. So I really hope that Thanks, um, You guys are able to cultivate that sacred union. But like I said, bro, that the love that's meant to find you will find you, and it it tends to be easy like it just flows like you don't have to force anything you know like she comes down to florida and then next thing she finds a job and you're like holy shit she just found and holy shit it's just working and holy shit and next thing you're like oh my god it's been a year you know
1: yeah yeah
0: it's a a yeah man exactly it's a beautiful beautiful part of life man so let us know um, what about um let's get into some nitty-gritty type shit here what would you say is your biggest struggle that you've struggled with during this time in the yachting career, mentally? What would, be, what would be, like, the human experience of you going through the yachting experience, you know? What's your biggest challenges that you've overcome?
1: Well, I mean, I'd say 100% down, you know, guaranteed that the biggest thing that I've had to overcome um, and still overcoming... Is well, being in the yachting industry, I think a lot of people don't realize it and downplay it a lot. Um, the mental factor that that you have to go through and the mental strain that you go through because of these. I mean, they say all crew know what they're getting into. Long hours, um, hectic hours. You know, you got to work. You got to get it. To, it's not. It's like a deadline type work but it's also like things happen and you have to just adapt but at the same time that's one thing about yachting that i think is pretty hectic that people just don't talk about enough is mentally the tiredness for me this is what got to me is not getting enough rest i eventually couldn't sleep properly because of the broken schedules and oh yeah and and because of not getting enough rest and not sleeping enough It it honestly and it's something we all know about sleep deprivation makes you go a bit crazy. Oh hundred percent. And and I've learned I've obviously before you experience something firsthand, you don't exactly you don't know the full extent of the situation. Yeah, you 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 have like
0: you have like a version in your head of like, oh yeah, I understand what sleep deprivation means. But you don't really exactly until you've gone through it.
1: Exactly, yeah, man, and I, I went through it and luckily, you know, luckily I had Maddie with me. She helped me so much through that. She, she's definitely one person that's helped me a lot. And I mean, I haven't actually spoken to a lot of people about it, but I have, I have been a little bit open to some people because I do want people to know that, that rest, you know, in any, in any job in general too, but the rest got to me. And because of the broken schedules of sleep and not getting enough rest and stuff, you know, it made me a little bit definitely it got to me so mentally that I was mentally strained and I was going You know, insane is not the correct word because I I wouldn't say insane, but I definitely was, you know, getting very depressed. Very, mm. very depressed. Mm. And there's there's definitely like once you once you don't get enough rest and you get your your brain just cannot function. It is a very, very scary thing to experience. Mm. And I respect it a lot more now. And I respect a lot of people who just in general have sleep deprivation. But uh, it also scares me because I also now, knowing what I've gone through and working in the industry, you know, knowing that there's so many other people and so many other crew out there who are literally on the brink of breakdowns through tiredness and stuff and unfortunately yeah. a lot of them do you know easy like just like uh, any other facets of life too people just kind of drink it away or just work more and just try to put it in the back of your mind and I think a lot of them end up realizing ten years down the line when they get back to or out of yachting into somewhat of a different and normal life again um, because I don't consider yachting a normal life it is to some but it, I know it's not to most mm-hmm. but you know, then they realize shit, man, I should have taken better care of myself because I'm, I'm a little bit messed up now. Yeah. And not to blame them. We're all messed up in some way. And I don't, I'm not judging them in any way. And because a lot of people do end up dealing with it in their own way. And that's up to them. But I, I, I find it scary. I have a lot of respect for that now. And that's been the craziest thing for me, for sure. Mm, mm,
0: mm. I could only imagine that. I mean, I was, I used to date this, um, this girl that um, never used to sleep mate like she never used to sleep she used to go to bed at like 2 in the morning and then like wake up at like 6 and then just flush herself with coffees and she was on uh, SSRIs all the time which is antidepressants and she wondered why um, she wondered why she could never get a grip on her mental state because first of all I said to her like first of all your nutrition is not up there like you would have one salad the whole day and like four cups of coffee and then be on Ooh. antidepressants and then not sleep properly. First of all, you need to handle your... Second of all, your sleep patterns. Third of all, you need to try and figure yourself out so you can wean yourself off uh, these SSRIs, antidepressants. And the worst thing about sleep deprivation is that these 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 people, especially in your industry, they take... Um, they get onto benzos, you know, and benzos, which is uh, sleeping pills. Um, that's like the longest addictions out there. You know, when I was in the rehab, when I went to rehab for a couple months, there were heaps of people that came in that were were benzos. We used to call them bennies. Wow. Oh, they were shit. just hooked. On, they were hooked on benzos, bro. And they were blue collar people. You know, they had square toe jobs and they were accountants and everything. And then we would like ask them oh so what's your drug of choice which is the normal conversation in the rehab and they'd be like ah oh, benzos." it's like benzos and alcohol and the worst thing about that, is Jesus. that that's, bro that's the death cocktail because what these people do is that they go drinking so like some of your friends yeah you go drinking and have a night on the town but then they still don't sleep because their body's not in a, a sleeping state you know so then they, yeah. they drink and they go home and they take the benzos. So they take two or three sleeping tablets, and then they pass out, still drunk. And then what happens is, is that they, they puke a little bit in their mouth because they're drunk, and they don't expel the, the, the vomit, and they swallow it back down in the lungs, and they get acute pneumonia, and that's how you die, bro. Wow, and then you die. That's the death cocktail. So a lot of, shit. A lot of. I didn't these, even know that. Yeah, these short-term like deaths amongst famous people is to do with benzodiazepines and sleeping pills and the alcohol cocktail, the death cocktail. So, like you say, bro sleep is one of the most natural, natural, like healing processes we can really take on and and really try and work towards to get a healthy sleep pattern. But in the industry you're in Like Working 17 hours a day And you gotta chase the paper It's so tough Because you have to make a name for yourself So the more you work The more people see you working The more Like you know The more Name you get about yourself And people wanna employ you So That must be yeah. so fucking tough bro
1: Yeah it's a It's diff, It's Like that. that's crazy man I'm I, You know I've always known about Um the way I've always known about people with sleeping tablets and and drinking and stuff and there's all a lot of these types and but I didn't realize how crazy that you know and just how how quickly you can fall into that or just you know that's crazy I've just never really thought about that and I've never really known about that particular way of of going but I, I mean I've always known but what I've known is definitely obviously just been on the surface. Yeah. yeah I mean just like it's crazy and I think in my industry I, I, probably, there's probably so many people who are in that exact way and you know I mean I don't know a lot of people listening to this podcast if they're, if any of them are yachty's, they probably would some of them will probably keep quiet about certain things but I you know I won't and I will say that they I, I know I know in the industry of some certain deaths that the 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 information which respect to the people who have gone and their families it was not shared on how they died or whatever yeah yeah, but i'm certain uh, you know obviously not a hundred percent sure but i i do know and through stories and what people and and it actually is a very small industry and you end up hearing a lot about different people and this person knows that person knows that person ends up knowing you and it's like all these small circles that end up knowing each other and -hmm. you go whoa and they say yeah that person was on this or that person you know she was she was on uh on meds for depression or something and and she used to go out drinking with the P or he or whatever and um and i've heard a lot of that and a lot of those people go and there's just a bit of speculation and a bit of like yeah haziness around the story of how they've gone and, and I suspect a lot of it is exactly like what you just said
0: yeah well, a lot of shame is held in terms of ODing and drug use and past um like antics that people have done in their life which is actually sad like yeah they, this person was on substance and yeah they did what they did but and yeah they've passed away but does that make them less of a human by how they passed away
1: not know, at all like,
0: yeah. Like they, they died bro like isn't that enough forgiveness isn't that enough like they've given their life they exist no more no matter how they died no matter what they did in their life they have passed on and for me that's the biggest sacrifice that's the ultimate forgiveness so you know like there's a whole lot of shame like talking about carried with like people don't want to share the actual story of how they died because they think people are going to perceive Them in a way for how they died, but if we were able to be like, "Fuck, that person's died, and that is so sad," and that's the ultimate forgiveness. So, where's the shame in that, bro? But it's like you say, it's not spoken about. You know, drugs in your industry must be must be uh, another story, mate. Like because you got to take substances to keep on, and you got to. Be part of the party and if the owner's offering you you don't want to say no and oh it must be so so tough
1: yeah yeah i you know it's it's a hectic in the industry or you know for sure there's a lot of that stuff going around i mean i've heard of stories with owners and crew and that's that's like a whole nother ball game and then obviously you get the crew in general um there are a lot of boats out there, like the one I'm on now, who are very strict, and and it's a good environment. Like, there's there's obviously boats out there, and I've worked on some too where things are not so strict, and and there's a lot of stuff that goes on. I won't go into too much detail about that, but I will, I will say like, I am on a boat now that is where people in gen, generally are pretty, truly, generally straight set and um you know no one's perfect people have all yeah. gone through what they've gone through i don't know who's gone through what or whatever but for me it's refreshing to be around an environment where people are just generally just not for that kind of lifestyle and and not for that kind of um just way of life and way of living and and i must admit like there's some parts of yachting that really i don't enjoy at all and that's the drinking side and how much people drink and mm-hmm. it seems so normal just like it is in society you know drinking in society is, is such a normal thing that people um, that people just do and and you know there's obviously so many things in the world like like the war on, on marijuana and the war on CBD and stuff where, where cigarettes and alcohol are legal and people right. are just trading in these alcohol and cigarettes like there's no tomorrow right you, you take you take alcohol away from south africans back home when they had an alcohol ban and everyone goes crazy and, and and i mean if people hear me say that i know like normal society will be like oh why are you saying that but i don't, i don't give a shit honestly i think it's stupid i think it's ridiculous like i mean i i drink too everyone i also drink sometimes and i mean i i'm by no means a a non-drinker at all i drink too but for me personally like someone said i'm taking alcohol away from you forgot for it doesn't affect me one but it wouldn't it it makes me not and this is my honest true true me me being 100 honest i honestly would not worry one bit if someone said to me cigarettes and alcohol are banned you can't have any i'll be like okay that's cool yeah um and each to their own people must do what they want i get that too and, yeah know, I, i'm concerned about me so i'm saying personally it, it wouldn't affect me but it's still silly what's accepted as normal Bruh. and what's accepted as not normal
0: how like how like i i totally totally agree with you and stand on this bro like alcohol ruined my life the substance alcohol ruined my life i'm not fully putting the blame on the alcoholic substance because I was an addict before I was an addict and I've always been an addict and I always will be an addict in recovery. But I made the choice of taking the alcohol down my, putting it down my throat. But in saying that, I couldn't go to the pharmacy and buy uh, an illegal illegal amount of cocaine to kill myself. Whereas I can walk into a bottle store and get... Copious amounts of alcohol, enough to kill myself legally, bruh. Right? Legally, I can go home and legally kill myself. But there are substances out there that are like so beneficial to humanity that I think Big Pharma is turning away from it. And shout out to um, Aubrey Marcus's latest podcast when he talks to the founder of MAPS, which stands for MDMA-assisted psychotherapy, and they talk about how it's on the brink it's on the brink of being legalized MDMA assisted psychotherapy and yeah, how it helps I've seen with yeah. oh, bro, I'm, I'm nearly finished that podcast it's so interesting how it's taken so long for society to see like holy shit like this is actually helping people whereas it's been banned for so long but like you say alcohol is legal like you're allowed to get fucked up on alcohol and then it makes you another person that beats your wife or Or you do stupid shit to your kids or you want to get in your car and then you drive drunk and kill someone. I'm not saying people don't drive high on weed or whatever and kill people. But there are more related alcohol deaths out there than there is on guys that want to smoke a joint and just hang out and play music. Like, you can't argue that fact. Like, you can't argue that fact. And coming from myself that has abused substances the way I have, the view I have on it now is totally, totally different. That... I view that plant medicines now are so beneficial to yourself, used in the right way. If you use it not to escape, if you use it to face yourself and truly, yeah. truly ask the questions of who you are, then it's beneficial. And alcohol for me does mm-hmm. the opposite. It, alcohol takes you out of the situation. and numbs. It makes me not feel I don't want to face. You don't see people drinking a bottle of brandy and going, sitting and having half an hour meditation. Like it's <laughs> it's not gonna fucking
1: happen bro yeah you just don't yeah hundred percent yeah man i i I couldn't agree more i mean you've heard this obviously like you said people many things happen whether people on you know smoke the drone or what and not to say that it doesn't happen but like there are there's so much going on in the world that i just believe like alcohol is like it's like a it's devil and it's the devil in a bottle. It's Deesh. it's poison. It, it's it's really poison. Like at
0: the end of the day, it's like drinking poison. Like That's it's literally like poison. Yeah, it's literally it's poison. Like it ruins the skin cells. It ruins the kidneys. And look, we're talking like in excess. We're not saying, listen, folks, we're not condemning alcohol right now. What we're saying is like, we're condemning the misuse of alcohol. Like
1: hundred percent. Go yeah. out
0: and get fucked up. Do your thing don't go out and get fucked up every night and drink copious amounts of alcohol like everything in moderation just like in life like everything yeah sugar like sex like exercise like all of that bullshit everything in moderation like you don't have to drink a bottle of brandy every night you want to have a glass (laughs) of wine now and then that's fine you want to have beers with the boys that's fine but use it responsibly man like take care of your body you only fucking get one right
1: oh that's a thing yeah we only have one chance at life. No one knows what else you have. There's you know, one human, the, the, the human life is such a small chance. I think about it all the time. We the, just the human form and just humans in general on a, on a planet in space, the chance of us living is so minute as it is, but I feel like people don't think about that enough. I mean, I am one of those people who thinks about those kind of things daily and uh and i'm glad i do because i i feel like i explore I explore other worlds in my mind but, but um, <laughs> after you spoke the joint, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and um but i mean yeah Now you know actually i i haven't smoked in a long time actually uh, it's actually amazing i'm also not condemning that either but i'm i'm in a real real good place right now too um i'm super healthy I'm not, I'm not like, I'm still, I'm not the shining example of health, but in my own right, I feel like I'm healthier than I was yesterday and all that kind of thing. But, and at the moment I feel like I'm really lucky because I'm realizing that we only have one, you know, you only have like one body and one thing to do, like one life to live. True. And like people kind of live. I mean, a lot of people know this. this is not like new information, obviously. And I'm sure people, some people are saying, oh, well, we all know that. But like, it, you truly only do have one life. Yeah. yeah. But do and, you? Like, people just take things for granted. Yeah. That,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people will be like, yeah, man, we know. And then you want to turn around and be like, well, do you? Do you, do you really understand that like one day you're going to die? Like, yeah. Do you know that you're going to die one day? Like, I think the biggest realization. For anyone to have is to be like holy fuck i'm gonna die i'm actually gonna yeah. die t- i'm gonna die twice in my lifetimes because you die once and then the second time you die is when the last last time someone speaks of your name
1: wow oh
0: you know so you're not going to be remembered forever so what mark are we going to leave on this life oh and that's what it comes down to bro so where do you see yourself where do you see yourself in the yachting industry do you see yourself getting to a place and owning your own boats or opening a company that recruits people or where do you see yourself going where does liam picture himself in a couple of years
1: well that's an interesting one um i think you know like at the moment i'm busy exploring other options but if i had to stay in yachting which at the moment is still the plan um um uh, my mind is a lot more open now than it ever was, though. It's a lot of different things. But in yachting in general, my, my end goal at the moment is to become an officer of, of a boat the size of the one I work on, even bigger possibly. You know, even a captain is something I've, it, as a goal, it's, well, at the moment, it's, it's up there as a site. It's not necessarily one of my goals as per se right now because I think a lot of people sometimes... And people must shoot for the stars if they have to but i want to i want to get to an officer's position for myself be an officer on a yacht um you know driving the boat taking care of the crew and that stuff and maybe then i'll think of trying to become a captain mm-hmm. um but in the yachting industry the, at the moment i, I you know i, I want to try and become an officer um, i enjoyed i enjoy the part where like we get to take care of the crew and the safety part aspect and stuff um and, yeah, and also the recruitment side is something I've also always looked at. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good on you, mate. That's good on you. If you had to, while we wrap this up here, um, if you had to leave a piece of w- wisdom or advice for those youngsters out there or anyone wanting to get into the yachting industry, what would, you, uh, what would the piece of wisdom be that you
1: share with them? Mm, I would definitely have to say hundred percent one thing that i've always and it, it's something it's a cliche too it it sounds like a cliche to a lot of people but one thing i think for for a lot of the young guys out there like look i would say they should just look past look past the facade of the life people show on social media and the life people show to others wow. and just be be a hard worker and just work hard be a hard worker and realize that there's a deeper meaning to being a hard worker than to standing on a boat and taking pictures and showing all your friends that you work on a crazy yacht there's also the side of hard work and the side of sacrifice not being around your family and friends and stuff and and yes, it can be a cool lifestyle for a lot of people and it is but it it gets to you and it can easily very easily take over your life if you're not careful you can you can get sucked into a lot of things in yachting i'll just say be a hard worker put your head down don't let the the facade of the luxurious life of yachting get the better of you and make you think that you know you you should go and buy all these crazy things and spend money and just drink get get fucked up and you're still taking pictures on a yacht and everyone thinks it looks cool it's not like that (laughs)
0: choice words bro choice words and short there youngsters all out there put your head down and grind you'll have all the time in the world to do what you want to do if you're able exactly. to lay the foundation for your life first
1: yeah man yeah man I agree
0: so um, shout out to Instagram there bro where can people follow you and find you and follow your journey on the yachting
1: um, so my Instagram handle is at sea Legs S-E-A-L-E-G-Z 26 um, or Liam Rose, you'll find me over there you'll see me at some point um, and uh, and yeah man always open to anyone who's, who's keen to look out and see the journey nice any of you that's
0: keen to get some info on um, on yachting and where to go and how to start don't be afraid to jump in uh, Liam's DMs there um, <laughs> for, for all you ladies that want that, he's taken so stay the fuck away <laughs> stay <laughs> out,
1: stay away. Yeah. My, my girlfriend will listen to this podcast for sure she's gonna be like, "Ah, oh, you clever. You clever." Oh, you yeah, yeah. never Shout trust a word. Here. Shout <laughs> out to Maddie.
0: Shout out to Maddie. You keep him, you keep him in check.
1: <laughs> Straight up.
0: Straight up. All right, choice my brother. It's been a beautiful conversation and I wish you all the best and your and blessings on your journey and I hope to have another episode real soon, coach
1: yeah man thanks for having me it's been real cool real real cool and definitely do another episode sometime soon i'd love to talk about a whole there's there's plenty we can talk about i know and i'd love to do it for sure for sure time is on our side brother. the time is on our side amen bro amen thanks for having me rudy honestly it's been a pleasure no problem bro love you bro stay safe you too my brother cheers yeah. Bye.